Welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk and this week it is our big Royal Ascot review. A lot to get through. We're also looking forward to the Northumberland Plate, the Irish Derby and a bit of a long look at the Eclipse. My name's Lewis Tomlinson and sat next to me, as per usual, is Big Jim Watson in an absolutely gorgeous retro England shirt. Hello, yeah, thanks, thanks for noticing. Italia 91? Yeah, yeah, very much appreciate it. England women play today as we're recording, so... Hopefully they'll get through to the next round. Yeah, but more importantly, Jim, more importantly than any other sporting event in the world, it was Royal Ascot last week, and we've got a lot to talk about, mate. We have a lot to talk about. It wasn't very successful for me, but you had a couple of winners. I had one of the worst Royal Ascots I've ever had. Uh, I don't don't think anyone had a good one from what I was seeing on social media. Literally, I don't think anyone had hardly any winners, and I can be one that said I... I had about three, and that were it. <laughs> so, hopefully, we'll look forward to the Northumberland plate, and I'll try and pick the winner. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to those big weekend races later on in the podcast, but we'll start with a look back at Royal Ascot, and we'll start with the Queen Anne. She's flying down to join them now as they come to the furlong pole. One master, Lord Glitters, beat the bank. Le Bravido, that is the quartet, will fight it out. Beat the bank and the grey, Lord Glitters. Lord Glitters was runner-up 12 months ago, and I think he's just won this tour to beat the bank. One master behind those in... Royal and well, to say that the Myling division, what, what it lacks in quality, it certainly makes up for in competitiveness and an absolutely smashing horse in Lord Glitters, getting his first Group 1 victory here, beating Beat the Bank, one master Romanized, the first four home returning at 14s, 20s, 20s and 25s. Slightly disappointing efforts from Lawrence and Mustache, would you say, Jimbo? What do you make of this current crop of Milers? Uh, is it just slightly are they all slightly mediocre it's a windy windy mild division and it's just shouting out for a three-year-old to come and progress through and we saw some possible superstars further on in the card who could dominate this division to come but going back to this race Lord Glitters has deserved one hasn't he he loves Ascot uh, he's been ultra consistent barring last time which was the only time I've probably ever backed him where he, he, he flopped in the lockinge but other than that uh, he, he'd been second in this race in 2018 behind Accidental Agent and he had a bit of a a disappointing would you say disappointing season last last year? No, not really He just kept bumping into one too good and maybe this season he's just finally had his day in the sun and maybe that's it now for Lord Glitters, would you say? Uh, I, I wouldn't rule him out of winning, you know the Sussex Stakes or, or another group one over a mile just because th- th- this is a division where there are about 10 horses rated a pound either side of 115 Yeah, in my opinion and it is whoever turns up best on the day like we saw the run up there beat the bank absolutely abysmal in the Lockinge back to form today exactly I thought the Lockinge held a strong line in this and I thought <laughs> I really like the run of Le Bravido. I really like the run of Lawrence and Mustachery in the in the lockings, and they've slightly disappointed it. If you look at this race with, say, a hundred yards to go, and there's far in line, I thought one master was going to come and absolutely nail them. She's yeah. been flying at the end, and for she is a group one winner. Isn't she she, she is. Year. She is, but 
she has been slightly disappointing. She ran at the Kura uh, in a group two and was slightly disappointing. Went to Japan. I, I, I just think it's a very windy, windy division. Um, but uh, fair dues to Laura Glitters for finally getting a grade one win. Would would this, Jim, and what, I, what I'd say here is, would the form line of this mean it might be worth sticking with Mustachio Lawrence next time in the, in, you know, if they were to all to meet again in the Sussex, would the fact that they finished sixth and seventh here, you know, w- would that mean they're, they're a bigger price than they should be when really there's not actually loads between them and Lord Glitters? Yeah, you see, I, I, that's why I thought Libravido was a cracking better 8-1 to one previously and Romanised. Romanised didn't exactly get the perfect run of things in the race and I, I think it'll happen again. Like, I do think Lawrence will be a big price next time and she's a horse you really can't underestimate. Uh, she's obviously not been as good this year as she was last year which has made nothing to her as a, a broodmare for the future because she's a Group 1 winning mare so... I, I think I, I'd be willing to give Mustachery and, and Lawrence another chance, yeah. Yeah, of course you would, but it's it is it's it's a bit of a it look look I, I, I like I like competitive divisions. I'm I'm not one of these who thinks it has to be an out and out superstar and everything. And I'm I'm really enjoying the milers this year for that reason. Not none of them are exceptional though, are they? Mm. But You've got a really, really likable horse, you know, coming out and winning the uh, winning the big mile race at Royal Ascot, and I don't think anyone could begrudge Lord Glitters that success. And and that was the the first start of a very, very successful Ascot meeting for Danny uh, Tudorp, who had an excellent meeting, didn't he? Yeah, before going back and riding the winner at Ripper as well on yeah. the Thursday, yeah. Cracking, isn't it? The next race on the Monday, the Coventry Stakes, Jimbo and Arizona. The winner of Aidan O'Brien's first winner of the meeting, his two-year-olds have been flying this season as well. I tell you what, mate, this looks like a bit of a weapon, yeah, this horse. he seriously does. It, I, I, I was against him on the basis that I thought he looked like a miler. We, we both were. We were yeah. both strongly against him, but when you watch him, when I saw him in the parade ring on the, on the telly and he was an absolute animal. He He's, was massive. Just look at the replay, he's outpaced. Yeah. All the way through. As soon as he came out of the stalls, he was outpaced, wasn't he? Yeah, scrubbed along to beat, uh, but ended up winning comfortably from Fret, Guildsman, Fort Myers. It's the ones you'd have liked to be in at the front, at the front as well, which I think give the race a lot of substance. And Jim, again, I mean, I, I'll say this about another horse, another two-year-old later on down the line, but to say Arizona looks this good at this stage and to think that Everything he does suggests he'll be better in the future. I think you've got a very, very exciting prospect here. Most definitely. Um, he, he's very, very impressive. He's doing all his best work in the final furlong. And I thought he was beat with three furlongs to go. And he's rallied and rallied on and rallied on. And I, I certainly think seven furlongs. He, 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 after his maiden win, I think that Aidan said he wanted to go to the Chesham with him. Yeah. But his because that rule that you were talking about about the breeding about yeah. the breeding so he's had to go here and he's done, had the adversity and he's still got the job done and I, I think he's a major superstar 
Well, I, I, I won't quite go superstar yet, but he's as exciting as a two-year-old. I've he's got the potential while. to be a superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he completely, completely does. Anything in behind you'd like to give a mention to as well? I think, as like we said, I think the first three are all going to be pretty smart. There'll be races to be won with Threat and Guildsman. We, we said Threat beforehand it was impressive on debut. Beat them two nice ones of Godolphins. And he's, he's done nothing wrong than, other get, than get beaten by this unknown quantity who wants further in time. So I think Threat's done very little wrong. I, I've marked Fort Myers a bit up more in my head. He raced on the wrong side of the track. All the action went on the far side and he come up the uh, up the near side. So I think I don't think Fort Myers is too far away uh, if, if he'd run a bit closer. He had been beaten at Newbury pr- beforehand, but and that form... We all, well, I thought we all thought Temple of Heaven had run a big race and slightly disappointed at the end. But um, yeah, I, I think I think this race will be fairly strong. Golden Horn won oh. a nice Horde. <laughs> Makes me sound like I'm saying Golden Horn. Yeah. Had won a nice race at, uh, I think it was Windsor. Do you reckon that's why they call him Golden Horn to try and trick people if he became a stallion? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that would be some really clever purchases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and another horse who I think ran a fair enough sort of race is Royal Lytham. He raced on the other side of the track. I think on debut, wasn't given a hard time. I didn't think he was going to get out on debut. And he was a horse I quite fancy going into this race. Uh, and I think if you go through his race again, he's still very green. He's still very inexperienced. He's, he's very much outpaced throughout the race. I think over time he'll want further distances. I think he could be a one-mile one mile four horse in time uh, he soon rally comes home with a fair rally so he's a horse I, I'd take out this I'd take the two Aidan O'Brien I'd take all three of Aidan O'Brien's out of this race if I had the option yeah I, I agree with you on, on, on uh, Royal Livam as well he's a, he's a Glen Eagles as well which which suggests to me that there I mean it's Glen Eagles first crop isn't it but the vast majority of them are kind of looking like they'll be better as they get older you know he doesn't even though he's had a two-year-old winner. Uh, also, overall, about, uh, also about this race, sorry. George Margerson always seems to have a two-year-old that's there or thereabouts uh, at, at Royal Ascot. He had Ropey Guest in this, who's run an absolute cracker to his second at 200 to 1. But if Bossy Guest yeah. is the one that sticks to mind. Ran well in a, in a two-year-old race at Ascot. He always seems to have one in the John Guest racing colours. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10 for them for throwing this one at deep end because it's shown nothing on its other two starts. So Yeah, Tom Cleary's only ride at the meeting as well. Sad, isn't interesting it? That. Yeah. But I, the final question I'm going to say to you on the Coventry was overall a good Coventry. I think it is. Yeah. I think it will be. Um, there's, there's a lot of positives to take out the race. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's a race that can sometimes... I mean, quite a lot of these early season two-year-old races can vary quite often in terms of how good they are. I think this was a well above average Coventry. I, I, I think there are some good horses running in this, and I think, I think they'll all be fight. winning at different distances as well. I don't think we'll see Arizona at six again. I think Threat is a six furlong horse. Yeah. So, and and as I've said, Royal Lytham will want certainly further in time. So yeah, really exciting. The King Stand Jim. Th- th- this was an absolutely fascinating race on paper. A lot of people had it down between a match between the bad boy of racing Batash <laughs> and the ultimate professional blue point uh and blue point got got the job done i mean 
it's it, it's an interesting thing to think about because Batash, at his best, is a ridiculously hard horse to beat. Yeah. But will he ever be at his best at Ascot? Are, are, are these just not the conditions he wants a stiff five? You know, a, a speed. You know, is is he only a, a world class superstar? On speed tracks. Now, I'm not exactly one for pedigree. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm dip me toe in every now and again, but I'm not a massive fan. Now, Batash, Lewis Tomlinson is looking at me as if I, what's he going to talk about? Is it going to be the Dark Angel thing? Dark Angels don't run well at Ascot. And I, 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 I take it back. My absolute heart of last season's flat racing was Harry Angel. Harry Angel was is going to be tattooed in my backside for the rest of my life. No, he's not. Um, so, and he never performed at Ascot, ever. And Batash never seems to do it as well. Now, I'd love someone to go out there and, and find some figures about Dark Angels that run at Ascot, but I think they just don't like it. Whatsoever. Uh, I'm, I'm a, co- it's, look, it's a start, it's a start, and it's proven, it's proven that it, that there is, you know, Dark Angel doesn't have the greatest of record at Ascot. Batash doesn't know he's a Dark Angel. Yeah. I, I, I don't like I don't like looking at overall groupings of horses like you know the old five year old scout in the champion hurdle. Yeah. Espar Dallard had no idea he was five. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, I, and even I said that I can think of Lethal Force off the top of my head who won on Champions Day as a sprinter and he's a Dark Angel. I'd, I it's not something I particularly buy into. The, the thing I do buy into is that a blue point can maintain uh, that that burst of speed for longer than Batash can. Yeah. And that's what's winning it. The ground as well probably slightly went against Batash, who still won a fine race in second. You know, he, he, he he's finished over a length clear of soldiers calling third. But what I think what people were underestimating blue point going into the race. He's a genuinely world class sprinter. Yeah. A genuinely world class sprinter. He won this you know, he won the Kingstand last year, free out in Dubai. A proper, proper world class sprinter. And Batash couldn't afford to have, to even be at ninety percent. Because this was Blue Point's optimum conditions. Yeah. And he's a stiff he's, five furlong is his stomping ground. Yeah. He? And he's done what I had expected him to. Yeah. If I'm honest, it was still a cracking one from Batash, who's kind of getting his act together a bit more this season. He's not been behaving as badly as he had been doing in the past, and he'll probably go on and win at Goodwood. Do you, do you think that the way Hootson came out of the stalls, do you think that affected Batash? Possibly. Because he had to race on his own for a lot with, with the Raider, so yeah, I, 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 there's excuses, but Batash, Batash, if he was good enough, he should have won this, shouldn't he? And... Just a brief mention to Mabs Cross, the ultra-consistent Mabs Cross, who's run a heart out here, hasn't she? Yeah, back in fourth, and again, there'll be group, you know, she will always be worth considering in a group on over five furlongs. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be as down on Batash as usual. I, I, I think he's run, you know, pretty as well, almost as well as he can in these conditions, but this was Blue Point's race. This was Blue Point's race, and... I think he's an absolute... I mean, look, we're not going to see him again, unfortunately. But an absolute star and a horse who has never got the credit he's deserved until until this week, really. Yeah, certainly. 
Uh, we'll move on to the St. James's Palace now, mate. This, I mean, what do we make of it? Circus Maximus. Master bit of training from Aidan O'Brien to get the horse who was sixth in the derby back down to a mile and winning the St. James's Palace, beating King of Comedy by a neck two down hot back in third. Slightly disappointing effort from Phoenix of Spain in sixth. Uh, Jim, blagged my head a bit, this. Absolute mental, this. Circus Maximus, when he won at Chester, we all thought, jeez, he's a, he's, a, he's a proper stayer. Uh, he won the D-States, ground it out from the uh, from the front, and we all thought, wow, very good performance. Some it'll, The derby will suit him, but I think the St. Ledger will be more up his street further on in time. He then goes and gets supplemented for the St. James's Palace. We're all looking at each other. Is, is Aidan O'Brien mental? Absolute mental. And it's quite clear he's not. Um, an absolute masterpiece of training. I don't think... I, I tell you what, I, I still, I'm still in shock. I can't believe that Circus Maximus won the St. James's Palace. Um, great performance. Just ground it out from the front, really. And he's, he's followed the pacemaker of the race, Fox Champion, along. Uh, you could slightly say he had, he had a bit of a run of the race. But that, that was going to be my question. How much of this was down to Circus Maximus receiving a better ride yeah. than King of Comedy? I, I think if this, they were to run this race again, I think King of Comedy had come out eight times out of ten to beat Circus Maximus. Uh, he's quite clearly got quirks though King of Comedy we saw at Goodwood last time that he was a bit he had his issues didn't he but he's he's rallied on uh, after being pulled out late and he's flown home on the outside stepping up in distance in time I think one mile two will certainly suit him and it'd be nice to see if there's a rematch of these at Circus Maximus King of Comedy at Goodwood I think King of Comedy is almost your favourite so do I. I think he'd be a lot. I think he'd almost be even money in Circus Maximus, possibly nine to four. I think there'd be quite a big difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, Jim, like, like we were saying about the Milers, the Queen Anne, that you were wanting, you were wanting a three-year-old to come out and do it. Are these all a pretty? Is this a pretty mediocre bunch of miling three-year-olds as well? Because we at first we thought we were going to be Magna Grecia. Then he's come and flopped. Then we thought it was Phoenix of Spain. And he's come and flopped here. He's had every chance to win this. He has. As a two-year-old, two down hot. Exceptional. Been winning all right this season, but no more than all right. I still don't think they've, they've found the key to two down hot. I, I think... He's, he's had every chance to win this. He has. And his tank's just emptied as soon as he's put his head in line with Circus Maximus. And he's emptied. And... I think a step back to seven furlongs. He, he could go to Goodwood for a, an easy mile. That's what they call it. So I, I think I think go to France for seven furlongs if, if I was too darn hot. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I can see where you're coming from, but I, he's, I think he's just this is as good as he is. Yeah. And I, I know that, that it pains you to hear that because you're a massive too darn hot fan. But... I, I, he's, I just think, look, he, he was ridiculously ahead of his peers as a two-year-old, and I buy into the fact that he's just not trained on as much. His, his curve of improvement was incredibly sharp, mm. very young. Uh, 
What what would you say about Circus Maximus and Jim next next target? Would you step him back up in trip? I don't know what I'd do. He's completely thrown the cat amongst the pigeons here. Um, I'd I'd keep him at this distance. Why not? And then next time out, if he gets beat trying to do the same thing, then possibly step him up in trip. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know what you'd do with him. Because it's interesting, because he doesn't have questions to answer about stamina. No. Uh, are there any other horses you'd like to give a mention to in the race, Jim? I'd give Scardu a mention. He, he's been ultra-consistent this season, I think. He's been in the first five uh, of the 2,000 guineas, the, uh, uh, the Irish 2,000, and the St. James's Palace. And they're the three main races over a mile. So he he's done well there and he won the Craven early on. He's not done an awful lot wrong, to be brutally honest, in a normal season. If you just if you just said to the Craven winner, you're going to finish placed in an English Guineas, fourth in a, in an Irish and fourth in a St. James's Palace, you'd have completely taken it, wouldn't you? Do you think? I think, I think he's run exceptional this season so far. Uh, and he's a horse I've slightly underestimated. The market didn't underestimate him, though. He, was, he went off 7-1. to one. So, I, I like Scardu. He's been consistent. But that's, as, but that's as good as he is. That's as good as he's he not, is. He's not going to win an open group on ever. You never know. Well, to be fair, yeah, because it's not. he doesn't have, he doesn't have too, <laughs> too much, much, too much he, opposition. He's only one and a half lengths away from the field. So, yeah, I think, I think King of Comedy is the obvious horse that everyone will take out this race. Yeah, agreed. Agreed there, pal. Uh, we'll briefly touch on the Ascot Stakes. Willie Mullins' big plot, Bill Mill Buttercup, foiled by Ian Williams, who is an absolute master of stayers and the Grand Vizier. Uh, Jim, there's not loads to talk about about this race, but top weight, smashing performance. Amazing performance. We saw that jumping wasn't exactly especially subject to no. entry. He, he just thought, nah, none of this, and ran out. Um, but... I remember, I remember when he used to be trained by William Haggis, and he, I think did he he ran at Haydock. I'm going from memory, uh, or he won at Haydock. Yeah, he did uh, in a handicap, and he won it really, really well. And I remember from there, he's a horse who who could take a fair bit of beating. And then he went on to the Northumberland Vars. So it's it, it's nearly this time last year that he I really strongly fancied him for the Vars, and he got absolutely. Twonks, to be honest. That's a cracking word. And he had wind surgery and moved stables, went jumping to Ian Williams, and he's done a fine job with him. And, yeah, great great for connections. Great. Yeah, and an absolute master with the stayers Ian Williams. Almost he's a trainer who doesn't knees. get enough appreciation, I don't think. To do both flat and jumps and to be so successful as he is, 10 out of 10, top job. Yeah, cracking trainer. Uh and the last race on the first day, again, not loads to talk about here, but it was a really competitive affair. Won by Adabe, got his ground. You know, he's, he's a bit of an animal when it's soft, isn't he? Yeah. Beating Magic Wand, Ella, Cameron, Latrobe. I think the form of this race stacks up quite well. The ones you'd have liked to have been at the front are at the front. And look, Jim, this, this is a question. If there was a group one of 10 furlongs on soft ground, would you be able to make a case for a Dave? You probably could, couldn't you? I I think, I, and, I, and I know that you're probably going to think, what's he going to say? And he's won over 1-2 here. But if you dropped a Dave back to a mile on soft ground, he'd absolutely have bullied that Queen Anfield, I think. 
It's not it's not the daftest shout I've ever heard. It's not the daftest shout. He beat Lord Glitters in the Lincoln last season. Exactly. And I, I think I, he's gone pulling away from him here and he's ran on very strongly. But I think if, he, if he'd taken a bit of a risk with him and... Go, I know no one was expecting it to bucket it down as much as it did at the Royal Meeting, but if he'd have just taken a gamble and stuck him in the Queen Anne, I think he would have. Run, I think he would have been close to winning. You know. Do you know what, mate? I, I don't. I don't disagree. I I could have seen him in the first four definitely. I don't think there's much between him and beat the bank. I thought this was a very good talent. renewal of this race, to be honest. Uh, I think Magic Wando finally have a day one day, whether it's a, in North America, probably won't surprise me. Super consistent, super likeable man. And LR Cam's run his race and Latrobe has plodded on, which we sort of expected. And yeah, it, this was a very good renewal this race, I think, and a good way to end day, day one. Yeah. Moving on to the Wednesday then, and we'll start with the cavalry charge. That is the Queen Mary, five furlongs for the two-year-old Phillies. And Raffle Price. The first of Frankie's winners of the week coming home just ahead of the fast finishing American Raider Kimari. Uh, Jim, I was at Raffle I was at Raffle Prize? No. <laughs> I was at Chester when Raffle Prize broke a maiden. Uh, she looked rapid. I won the play spot when and I put Raffle Prize on it when she finished second. So I, I've got my own unique story with Raffle yeah. Prize as well. She looked absolutely rapid and I was slightly fuming myself that I didn't have even a couple of quid on her. Uh, I think I think I felt Kimari coming into it was the best of the ward horses from you know all the replays I'd seen as well. Uh, good race overall. Do I you think, think? Dittori out Fox Velasquez here. I, I think he gave it an absolute peach of a ride. Um, he, he just sat behind Kimari, and and Frankie's just delivered a perfectly and, and got on top. I think. I think this is a very, very strong race. I think it will come out and be very good. Uh, we, we were both very confident on final song, weren't we? We both liked it, yeah. We both thought that she'd have run a good race. Liberty Beach has brought decent Beverly form, so impressive. And a horse I've had in my track as his debut, Al Riot, has run an absolute stormer. I took four places, didn't I? She finished fifth. Absolute outstanding performance. She finished second at Nottingham, didn't have a clue what she was doing. She's out of figural... Good old Tiger all boost in there. So, yeah, I, I think I'll ride it. I think the first first five, first six even, because Mighty Spirit had run well behind. Is she going to let Tiger roll? Oh, no. It's it's Swiss roll. It's Swiss roll. It's Swiss roll that is Tiger rolls. Damn. I just got it up on the screen. Mr. Jimbo Watson, a very, very rare occurrence for a man of his size, getting his puddings <laughs> confused. He normally knows exactly which pudding is which. Uh, but we move on to she's won a nice race as well. St- um, look, if she drops back into Maiden Company next time, she'll take a hell of a lot of beating Al Rayo. Yeah, uh, and the money came for it. And we're on at 33s. I'm thinking, geez, we're in, we're in here, we're in here, uh, and and just run out the placing. So yeah, yeah, I think I think the Queen Mary will come out to be a very strong race. I think all the two-year-old races have been f- very good performances this year. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna quite go. That fire, especially with the Phillies races, I think sometimes you it's, always it's, have question marks about Phillies races, don't you? I'm, I'm, I, I like to see them do it again, especially two-year-old Phillies. You know, whether Raffle Prize will be seen as one of the leading leading two-year-old Phillies in four months' time, I'm not. You know, I'm yeah. not sure. Look, I'm, I'm not saying she won't be, but I'm always slightly sceptical. Yeah, definitely. 
the Queen's Vaz, the next race, Jim, dashing with who's looked a bolt pretty much on every single start of this season, up to one mile six in the mud. And he plods home ahead of Barbados and Nayef Road. Uh, slightly disappointing performance, really, from Norway, the favourite who runs again on Saturday in the Irish Derby. Uh, this race dropped from you know two miles to one six a few years ago in order to make it a St. Ledger trial. Do you see Dashi Millerby being a really sick contender for that, or was this just a bit of a poor group too? I think this was a bit of a poor group too, to be honest. The fact that Eminent Authority went off 11 to, to 1 and was like third or fourth market leader sort of established that because Eminent Authority had only run twice and been beat on one of them. So I, I'm, I think Eminent Authority ran a good race, speaking of that. Um, never was really travelling at all and, and rattled on. Let's talk about the winner though, dashing a little bit. Is uh, a horse I quite like. Yeah. He's a horse I quite like. He puts his neck down and he tries. Yeah. But I think they've done bloody well to get a Group 2 win out of him. Yeah. Um, he he had fairly decent form, didn't he? He, he was well behind in the Burton Fortuity, Burton Fortuity wasn't he? And... Uh, I was slightly disappointed with him on debut. He got beat by King Gotica, and I thought he, I thought he, that was a hot conditions race, I think, and he he, he ran really well, and and then. But you were disappointed by him. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, he ran well, but I I was expecting him. He'd beat the main protagonist that I thought that he had to beat. He, I think Space Blues was in behind Turgenev, who later on in the week, and Headman was behind. So. He beat the three main ones who I thought were the difficult ones to beat. And King Oscar come on the outside and beat him. I had back dashing Willoughby as well, so I was more devastated at that. So, yeah. yeah. He'd not run a bad race in the chest of ours either behind the Dragonette. Uh, look, you, you, you can see you can see dashing Willoughby picking up, you know, or being a hard enough horse to beat in these Colts group threes later on in the year, like the... Gordon Stakes, yeah. Bahrain Trophy, etc., yeah. etc. Et I'd be disappointed if he was a St. Ledger winner, though. So would I. Um, Barbados as well. Handicapper. Barbados and Nayef Road, even though I said about the Judmont International, uh, about the Dante being a, a, a strong race this year. Nayef Road, it, that's the closest he's going to get to winning a graded race, I think. So, yeah, take this with a pinch of salt and. We'll see how Dashing Willoughby goes further on in the season. Yeah, uh, the Prince of Wales as well, Jim. I mean, this this was on paper the race of the meeting, and like Lord Gutters, who I think fully deserved a success at the top level, not a single person on earth could begrudge Crystal Ocean doing it quite comfortably from Magical and Vold Guy, Sea of Class, whether it was a lack of fitness or just not going on the ground. Slightly disappointed in fifth, Jim, but Crystal Ocean, he's, he's going to take some beating in group ones this season. Is he the leading older horse we've seen so far this year? Most, most definitely after this performance. But can I just say, Frankie Di Tori, give this horse a peach of a ride. He used the pacemaker hunting horn to his advantage. He did what O'Shea Murphy did with Telecaster uh, in the in the Dante. He just sat behind him perfectly. Magical was just behind Crystal Ocean, and Frankie rode Ryan Moore to sleep. He knew that 
his horse stayed further than this distance. Even though we we both think Magicals could is possibly better at one mile four, in my opinion, possibly. But Frankie gave an absolute peach of a ride, and I think that this was a great performance. I think this race will come out and be very very strong. Um, well, 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 we we know we know how good this lot are, though, don't we? Yeah. You know, Volgeist got his got his ground today, uh, and he he takes a fair bit of beating in French group points. Uh, Magical is mega solid, ultra tough, ultra consistent. She's a proper group one filly, but would you say not an absolute world beater? Yeah, yeah, not. I think that's a bit harsh to say. Um. If Magical won the app, you'd be disappointed. But if you look at Magical's performances last year in the Phillies and Mares at, at Ascot and the performance to enable, you won't be that disappointed. Oh, no, don't look. I'm a huge fan of her. I'm a huge fan of her. She's tough and gutsy and runs to a good level all the time. She never disappoints. But I, I look, I don't think she's in Enable's league. Crystal Ocean nowadays. Could he be? Well, we saw, didn't we, in that September... Was it the September States, the the Kempton race? Yeah. Um, where Crystal Ocean got beat by Enable on a debut. And, and then I thought, Crystal Ocean will never be as good. But we've seen he's come back as good as ever this year, Crystal Ocean. So who knows? Um, in, a, in a fiddling race like the Ark, you never really know. If he sits close to the pace, he could be dangerous. Uh, Waldgeist record outside of England isn't that good to be brutally honest France uh, outside France sorry uh, I remember Daniel Kodiak beating him who, who cracking animal for Richard Annan one of my favourites but not a, yeah not, not top class not a not a group three horse uh, anymore certainly and Sea Class I'm willing to give a, put a line through Sea Class obviously needed the run I think most definitely uh, and the ground's completely gone against her. Um, she wants quick rattling ground. Bit of digging it, but not not as much rain as they'd succumbed here. So yeah, I, I think that. I think if they were to run this race in two months' time on good ground, I think Sea of Class will certainly finish closer, and it'd be really interesting to see how this race plays out. Yeah, fair enough, Jimbo. I, I like Chris Ocean, and I think you'll take. It. A fair bit of beating in the King George as well, if that's the plan for him next. Uh, the Duke of Cambridge, the next race on the card. Danny Tudop at it again for William Haggis. Moves swiftly. Well backed on the day, beating Rodar and I can fly. Uh, Jim, what did you make of this? It, I thought it was a very, very competitive race. I'm not sure, you know, whether you can see a Group 1 filly coming out of this race, if I'm honest. Well, you know the story moves swiftly. Have you have you heard? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, went to went to stud and and sadly didn't produce anything. So then chucked her back in racing, and William Agus has, has picked up a group two with her. So ten out of ten for moves swiftly. Great performance. I thought Rodar was going to get there. I was very keen on her chances. I think that this division's quite weak. Would you say? What the Phillies over a mile? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not cracking, is it? If you'd have seen any of these pop up in the Queen Anne, would you have been surprised? No. Well, no, I, I, w- I, don't, I don't think any of these have been anywhere near in the Queen Anne. No? No, it's not. But it's a group two, it's not a group one. Yeah. It's worth remembering that. Yeah. And the group and the group one fillies, Lawrence and one master, were in the group one. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Rodar's a lovely, lovely type, and I say she's equally as effective at 10 furlongs, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a good race to be run with her. Uh, oh, I thought this was an interesting race on paper. Like I said, a lot of fairly evenly matched fillies, uh, and I, I think that's about where they are, really. Yeah. 108 to 110. You know, it's probably about as good as this lot. Are. I can fly not being able to reproduce an effort on Champions Day yet this season, and I think that was an outlier in terms of her overall ability. Uh, Voracious continues to be well-supported and continues to run all right, but again, nothing more than that. be interesting to see what they do in move swiftly. Yeah, look, these, these races like the Falmouth and the Sun Chariot, isn't there? Uh, th- this, this was a really, really good seasonal reappearance as well, and... If, look, it sounds obvious and almost stupid, but if there was one to take out of the race, well, even two to take out of the race, you'd pick the first two, yeah, I think. most definitely. Swiftly and Rodar. Uh, I don't really have much of a, much more of a view on that, though. Yeah. I, I, I think they'd need to improve to win open group one races, maybe even the Phillies group one races, but they're both nice types, uh, and I say I'm a big fan of Rodar. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah, ultra consistent, isn't she? Yeah, smashing off. Uh, the World Hunt Cup, one of the big puzzles of the week. And look, it, we see it a fair bit sometimes, don't we, that some horses look like they've got a big one in them. And I think a fact would fit into that category for a while, to be fair. And he's got his big one run up in the race last year, goes one better, beating the Irish Philly Cloncooley, raising sand, does what he does. Best really finishing, flying home late and finishing third. Style Hunter and Kimron again, who surely has to have a big one in him. on the door one day. Yeah, Kimron keeps banging his head. Uh, he was fifth just behind late, uh, Princess Hyra Jordan, Style Hunter. Uh, Jim, I say there's not loads to talk about this. We kind of know exactly how good most of this lot are. But our facts deserve this. Thoroughly. Uh, gelded since last run which has made a hell of a difference and put his head down and rallied straight through the line I think this was a, a great performance Clon Cooley given a typical Jamie Spencer ride there is nothing you can slag out about his ride on Clon Cooley here I thought he's given the best chance that she could uh, and she's just been narrowly de- denied and failed late on so anyone who's like Spencer off goes out of my book because I think he's a world class jockey and we've seen this Jimbo will deck you come to the front this season I've not always been his biggest fan but the amount of stick that he gets for his rides if that's the way he rides that's the way he rides get over it uh, rant over and Tommy Barron's other Kimron please win one I've, I've got a feeling Kimron's going to win the Gigaset at the Gigaset International at the end of the season at the Champions Day I've just got a feeling Kimron's got that big one in it, uh, in him, and it's going to be that one. So, anti-post, get on now. Um, there's there weren't that many hard luck stories, I don't think. No, nothing obvious. The favourite new graduate, very well supported, to be fair. Uh, and, and the money came for settled for Bay, and he disappointed, didn't he? So, yeah, not a lot from this race. If they could all run again and there'd be a different result each time, so it's one of them races where you just think the only thing that would stay consistent with that raising sand would be in the first four. Correct. And raising sand, the rain came, everything was in a raising sand's favour, and just wasn't quite good enough to get 
to the leaders. Yeah, really, really good race to watch. So I love my big cavalry charges. I think everyone does. Uh, hard races to pick the winner of, but always a fascinating watch. Uh, and the final race on the first day uh, was the Windsor Castle. Aided all by a movie's another two-year-old winner, Southern Hills, breaking his maiden to beat Platinum Star and Glass Vegas. Uh, Jim, look, again, like, like we say about these two-year-old races, sometimes they can be windy enough, but I quite like this fella. You know, he's he's another Glen Eagles. Uh, they pulled well clear as well at the start of this. He was beaten by Air Force Jet of Joseph O'Brien's on the start prior to this. I backed but, Southern, Southern Hills last time out as well, and when he got beaten, didn't back it here. But the two of them pulled well clear. I think he'll get further as well being by Glen Eagles, but time will tell as to how good of a race this was. I'm I'm not sure. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, Las Vegas had won at Hamilton early on in the season and had been consistent, but I'm, I'm not sure whether we'll be seeing Las Vegas in the bigger races towards the end of the season. And Platinum Star... He finished second to pin a two-row debut and, and then won at Leicester, so you can't really say I'd done a lot wrong. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd be willing to just sit and watch this race. I don't I don't like this two-year-old race as much as the others that we've seen so far. No, is it a bit of an unnecessary... You know, not, not being harsh to the Windsor Castle, but sh- if, if, if you were to scrap a Royal Ascot race, that'd be the one I'd scrap. Yeah, probably. You know, we, we've already got the Norfolk yeah. over five furlongs for two-year-olds. There's no point almost having a you know a good a good race and then kind of a second division for it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I feel like the Windsor Castle is. And speaking of the Norfolk, that was the race that kicked off Frankie's magnificent Thursday, riding the winner Ali for Simon Chrisford, beating Ventura Rebel, who as a horse I've got a lot a lot of time for, and Dubai Station backing third for Carl Burke and Jamie Spencer. Uh, Again, like I said, Jim, this is this is a race that can often vary in quality. But I think we might have seen an all right one here in Ali. Yeah, very, very, very good performance, I think. Uh, was clearly very inexperienced uh, last time out. Not often you see strong two-year-old form at Ripon, but we must have seen it here. Just got beat by a neck that day. Inexperienced clearly was the issue. And Frankie, once again was on the board and, and give this horse an excellent ride and I, I, I don't think we can fault really this race. I I thought that Sunday Sovereign was a really serious animal and I thought that he could have been the potential wow factor in this race. I thought it was an almost certainty to win this race but he's disappointed. Sa- sad for Paddy Toomey who now doesn't train anymore because King Power bought him for Royal Ascot and now they've brought him back to England but Sunday, going back to the winner rallied well under pressure and uh, got the job done. So, yeah, good performance. Yeah, like I said, I, I really like Ventura Rebel as well, the runner-up here. He's been underrated on every single one of his starts. He didn't even go off favourite for the first maiden he won. Who's uh, 20s as well, when he upset Lady Paulina Ascot uh, the time prize of this. He's got he's closed really well for, his, uh, for new owners and I could see a step up to six uh, suiting him, but I quite like this race. Decent winner so and same. some decent two-year-olds in behind. I think th- I think the first six would be one to take forward. Even M10, the 80-1? Yeah, I think M10's a, a decent 
not not being absolutely disgraced really, but won won a nice race at Windsor on debut. I remember watching it and thinking, geez, that's not bad performance. Farm had taken knock since, but yeah, I don't think M10's done an awful lot wrong. Even there's there's certain horses in this who have slightly underperformed. Sunday Sovereign, Air uh, Force Jet, yeah. Mount Fuji, I think could be better in time. And Firepower was very breathtaking on on the telly. He was a big, powerful sort. So I, I think this race could turn out to be fairly decent. Dubai Station had bumped into a couple of ones and won a nice race at Haydock last time. So yeah, I, I think the Norfolk could be a strong race going forward. How strong is the Coventry? Mm, good question. Not at this moment in time, no. no. I don't think so either. But I, I do think it is one of the stronger two-year-old races than Norfolk normally. So I think that it's only really the Windsor Castle that I don't think has been strong so far this year. Fair enough, Norway's edge. And moving on to the Hampton Court Stakes, Group 3 for two-year-olds, over 10 furlongs. And Sungarius carried on. There's a Tory Masterclass winning for Sir Michael Stout ahead of Fox Chairman and King of the Card. Those two horses, I think we both quite we both know they're pretty decent. So the winner here, Sangarius. What do you make of him, Jim? Is he a potential Group One horse like sometimes we see in this race? Yeah, well, well, we all knew his reputation going into the Jewels last year. Uh, that form is absolutely unreal. Uh, have you seen? The, the duo's form. Too darn hot's the only one that's not really performed since. Advertised, we'll speak about later on, won the Commonwealth Cup. Anthony Van Dyke won the Derby, and Sangarius has now won this Group 2, Hampton Court. I think group that's... Three. Out, group 3, sorry. I, I think that's out, outstanding form. I, d- I don't know how to take him. I thought the form behind King of Comedy was slightly disappointing, but we've seen... St James's Palace run for King of Con- uh, Comedy and he's now time form rated top three year old so it, it really wasn't that bad and I think he's done this well you know and I, I think Fox Chairman's been given a sh- shocker here he's, he's just not found any room and it's just not been his day it wasn't really Sylvester de Souza's meet here I feel a bit sorry for him really he just kept having seconds until the last day but yeah, I think Fox Chapman's a very, very nice. He's been very animal. unlucky on both very, sides yeah, this season. Yeah, and I think that going forward, he is the obvious eye catcher. He's got that nice profile, and I think he, there's a big one in him somewhere. And King Gotticker as well. Yeah, he travelled very wide throughout the race and and never really troubled. And the tank was slightly empty. We knew he didn't stay last time. Uh, over one mile four they dropped him back here, and I think he just went too wide. And he might as well have run in a one mile four race because. He covered the double the amount of ground of this field, so I think the 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 front three are three nice horses, and going forward, I think that be is interesting it, to see where they go. Is a useful enough yardstick is King Ocker. Yeah, and I, I I think he's almost the benchmark that I'm using to judge how good this race is, because I don't think he'll ever be a you know a superstar. I think he, but he I, could but, quite but, easily pick up a Group Three or a Group. Maybe a group two abroad somewhere would be interesting. Oh, yeah, but I, I, I think we know how good he is. Uh, so that that's kind of where I'm judging how good I think Fox Chairman and Sangarius are. And I think they're both pretty useful, Fox Chairman especially. And oh, look, he'll surely be ridiculously well-supported whenever he turns yeah. up next. But there's so good reason for that. He's been so unlucky on both starts so far this year overcome a lot of adversity to still run well. Uh, the Ribblesdale was the next race on the Tuesday, and Jim, you, you were back star catcher, so I'll let you kick things off with her. Really nice performance. 
Bucky's running scared. Four to one star catcher. I was on at 12s, back, only back to the night before. And I was like, what's going on? And the Frankie factor really kicked in here. She was ridden last time, I wouldn't say exactly perfectly. And John Gosden said after the race that after Frankie got off, he said that don't go for the Oaks, go for the Ribblesdale. And, and that's clearly paid off. Didn't ride her for stamina, and it was quite clear stamina was to her forefront here. Uh, she stayed on very, very well, beating Fleeting, who who we knew Fleeting. Could we? This could be a stupid question, but do you think that Starcatcher could give Annapurna a race? Uh, because Fleeting absolutely rattled home in the Oaks behind Annapurna, and Starcatcher's beat her by one and a half lengths here. Yeah. It'd be I, interesting I, to see if they do go up because they are stable companions, aren't they? I understand where you're coming from because I, I don't think there's loads between this group of three-year-old fillies at the minute. No. You know, I've, I I think the one you're looking at as a potential standout is Pink Dogwood. Yeah. Who we see one... And we all had question marks about Pink Dogwood going into the Oaks. Not, not many of us fancied it. Well, it was at the price, wasn't it? Yeah. She had a big reputation and she was priced on a reputation rather than her actual form. She was evi- She's evidently a very good filly and we'll see her in the Pretty Polly on Friday. We just say we're not going to... There's no point us talking about that because it's... Well, the race might be run by the time this goes out. <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from regarding Starcatcher and Annapurna. Uh, again, it's it's a bit of a windy division, I think, in terms of we don't have an obvious superstar like we have done in the past with Enable and Togruda. But what that means is we've got a ridiculously competitive division for the for the uh, three-year-old middle distance fillies I, I think they've got a hell of a lot of work to do though to catch up to the older fillies see of class and enable and magical I tell you what Love So Deep has run a cracker here to finish fifth how well handicapped was Love So Deep got beat was f- fifth of 11 off 63 as a two year old mental absolutely mental and has run a, a high been in my tracker since all along because Every house on the planet's in your tracker, though, Jim. It, it genuinely must be. Uh, I can't quite remember what horse Love So Deep's related to, but give me five minutes and I'll come back to you. I've had no luck trying to find her, so I've just thought out of the wall. But Love So Deep, outstanding performance, I think. Held up and just didn't quite have the speed to get on, but I think there's a nice race to be won with Love So Deep. She's a horse I'm holding high regard now. I, I think them first... I'm going to say the first five are all solid. I'm... I'm Frankelina has been disappointing. Yeah, she was the one I backed. Uh, I, I I liked what she did at York, and I, I thought she was she could be her mum could be marked up in the Oaks because I don't think she, she handled the track and she looked you know still very green. I'd have liked to have seen more from her here, but I think Starcatch is a good winner. If if I was to ask you if they were the same price meeting next time, Anna Perna and Starcatcher, who would you be with? I think I'd be with Starcatcher. I'd be the opposite view. I'd still be with Anna Perna. It depends. It depends the sort of track and race it would be. Over one mile four at York, I think I'd be Starcatcher. But if you said Goodwood over one mile four, I think I'd be Anna Perna. So you think she's a quicker filler? I think she's quicker Starcatcher. She has, she has that bit of speed that, although. She needs to be rode for stamina. I, th- I, d- I just think she's got that turn of pace. And that's no disrespect to Anna Perna, but 
I think Annapurna's form at Epsom showed that she's... Well, she won the Lingfield trial. I think tracks like that are more conventional for her. Right, fair enough, fair enough, Jimbo. And the big race of the week, the Gold Cup. And, well, it was Frankie Mania at this point, wasn't it? Stradivarius, an absolute superstar of the sport, wins his second Gold Cup, beating DXB and Master of Reality. I mean, Jim, this horse... Is the sort of thing that makes you love racing. Most definitely. So game, so tough, and so bloody good as well. We find so many reasons to try and beat Stradivarius, and this has been one of the only times I have backed Stradivarius. I looked for every sort of angle. Everything was against Stradivarius here, I thought. The ground, the slow-running race, and he's absolutely battled them out the water. And what a performance this was by Stradivarius. The roof absolutely lifted off at Ascot. And what a performance. Frankie Fever was seriously going. Uh, Buckies were running scared. And we'll talk about the two next races, the, the ridiculous prices they went off. And great performance. And Stradivarius is on, on for the million-pound bonus once again, which would be one hell of a performance. And what a sire Stradivarius is going to be if he was to retire this year. Jumps. Oh, he's going to be one hell of a, of a jump sire. Um, it's slightly sad, really, because he, he could produce some nice ones on the flat. You never you never know. But with his stamina to the forefront, he's going to be a great sire. Yeah, but just, just such a, a lovely, lovely horse. That that would be the word I'd describe to use him. He's not the flashiest, is he? And I guess that's why people try and get him beat, because he's not particularly the flashiest. But he tries his heart out and he just always does enough the pictures on ITV of him going into the stables he walked like he knew I am the best here I am a stallion I look at me I am amazing and oh he's cracking he's outstanding he's oh roll on the Yorkshire Cup well sorry Lonsdale Lonsdale he'll win at Goodwood first and then he'll go and win the £1 million bonus, all aboard the Stradivarius Express. So if you were Mark Johnston or Charlie Appleby, do you look at this and do you think we can mark our lads up here and we can get Stradivarius beat? Because I think you can mark up the runs of DXB and Cross Counter, who didn't get as smooth passages through the race as Stradivarius did. It's Cross Counter especially on his first run since Do you think Dubai. Stradivarius necessarily got a nice run through, though? I, I think Frankie had to wait a long longer than... He would have wanted to get the run through on Stradivarius. I don't think it was all Stradivarius. DXB completely controlled the pace of the race. Sylvester D'Souza that had his best opportunity to beat Stradivarius here, I think, and he wasn't good enough. He, he would carried you on. press the button sooner if you were D'Souza? No, I don't think I would. I don't think he... The question marks going into this race were, was he going to stay the distance? And he stayed it. He plugged on towards the end. But that was past a beaten rival. Master of Reality quite clearly didn't stay. I think if they were to run this race again, I think Stradivarius would win it 10 out of 10 times. I, I think DXB is good, but he's not Stradivarius. And cross-counter, he was held up. He had every opportunity, I thought, to try and come past Stradivarius, and he didn't. So I'm not sure. If they were to have a renewal here at, at, at Goodwood, I think Stradivarius will come out on top again. Fair enough, Jim. It's a, it's a cracking bunch of stayers we've got at the minute, though. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's great it's to see. Strength and depth in the division. Everyone loves to watch the Gold Cup at Royal Ascot. That is the main race of the meeting, in my opinion. And it's great we've got a champion. It, it, it reminds me Yates. 
yeah. we need a standout champion in racing at this moment in time on, on the flat. We haven't got an awful lot, and Stradivarius is one of them. Yeah, completely. I, I agree. I echo those sentiments entirely. I'll also give a mention to Master of Reality in third. It was 80 to 1 when I said to my dad he should be half that price. <laughs> Still didn't have any money of him because, oh, God, fuming. But he's, he's run a cracker. Uh, but, yeah, a really, really good division at the minute, the stayers, and they are headed by an absolute superstar of the spot. I mean, Frank, we'll call it Frankie Thursday was in full swing by the Britannia. He'd won all four races. I mean, the public were latching onto it. I was seeing tweets from people who I didn't know paid any attention to racing because of Frankie. All my mates were watching it just because they, they heard the rumour on Twitter that Frankie could have gone through the car. Oh, it was electric. It was one of the best. I mean, and it was that mental. Two hours ever. was down to two to one in some places at points. And I tell you what, mate, he had the book. He scared <laughs> it when he kicked clear to him, But he was nabbed, nabbed by Harry Bentley uh, to give Rafe Beckett a Royal Ascot winner. I mean... Harry Bentley's first as well, which he's thoroughly deserved. I think Harry Bentley's a cracking jockey. He doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Uh, he goes out abroad. He goes to uh, Saudi Arabia and all around Champions Dubai. champion jockey guitar, isn't he? Definitely. And he's a top jockey. And he gets a lot of good rides over here. And... He's he's finally deserved one. He's down to eight stone eight, and he's rode a cracker on biometric. He's not panicked whatsoever. Turgenev, if if Frankie was Frankie even said it after the race twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, he would he would have won that. But he he just all got to his head. I think the cool one of the coolest men in racing. It got to him, and he kicked. Oh, I thought he had it. Imagine it. Imagine if he'd had five going into the last race. We could have seen even money around for Laston. Yeah. Would have been absolutely mental. Uh, but And I thought he was going to win it as well when he kicked, but he'd gone too soon. Look, for a handicap as competitive as the Britannia, the le- you know, the distance between the first five would have been one and a quarter, two, two and a quarter and two. You know, the the, the, the first few home have finished quite well strung out, which suggests to me they were finishing tired and Frankie went too soon. Mm, most definitely. Uh, but what a race to watch. Uh, and yeah, the top two have run very, very well. Turgenev, obviously, you'd have to look for group group rated, group class sort of races for the top two now. Yeah, another one who ran in the Verton Futurity last season as that, well. What a race that's turning out to be. Coming out to be strong as. And just a quick mention to Dark Vision. Shit, man, I mean, spent a lot, a lot of money on him and he's run a cracker. I backed him. In seventh. Uh, yeah, not a bad performance. I, I, I think that. You can probably mark him forward. Um, he carried a top weight, and he, he, I think that just got better, and he raced on the wrong, wrong side. So I think Dark Vision's a horse that I don't think we should underestimate him because it, we saw what he could do in the vintage last year. And did you know that he's related to <coughs> related to Lope Fernandez? Yeah, half brothers. Yeah, oh, fascinating. Uh, but Icicle from Bentley and a good performance from Biometric, he'll, he'll still probably, I mean, I'd, I'd assume his next start would be in another handicap because he's, he's won that off, what, back in the low 90s. You know, so there's big races, you know, the, the one at, at Glorious Goodwood and, like, you know, to return to Ascot for the Balmoral or the International Handicap. Yeah. You know, they're the sort of races you can see him running well in. Uh, the King George stakes the final race of the Thursday, another three-year-old handicap over a mile and a half. And it went to South Pacific. Aidan O'Brien's second string here, beating 
his more fancied stablemate Constantinople eminence back in third to give a one-two-three for the master of Bally Doyle. Uh, Jim, what did you make of this? I, I was a big fan of Constantinople. Uh, I still think he's ran creditably, and he'll be a, a group horse. He'll be back in group races next time. The winner, though, ah, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not mad sure, mate. Yeah, I, I can understand why he, he didn't really do a lot as a two-year-old. Well, he, he finished second, but he didn't win anything important. Um, I tell you what, the the form of that nurse race has come out to be fairly strong. Dadu's art, as a, I think that's what it's called, because he came, yeah, because he came out and won the Ulster Derby. So I, that that form looks fairly good now. Um, but other than that, it, it was a bit of a surprise to be brutally honest. It was his first time at the distance, and he's quite clearly relished it. So yeah, ten out of ten, South Pacific, Constantinople's. He's a black type pot. I mean, he's already. A he's come there and he's gone and looked up at the sky, had a wander around, and, and been nabbed by a stable companion. So when he, when he gets his act together, act together, he's going to be a proper weapon. I I think that he could go further in time. I I think it's he, a type. You've sort of got to be looking at. The gold cup, if you were to keep him training for next year, do you think I, I I can see him being a ledger horse? Yeah, I really can. So could I, uh, and I, I won't I won't put you off him in time and good performance. Yeah, moving on to the Friday now, and well another one of the uh, flying Phillies two-year-old races, the Albany Stakes, and pretty I mean pretty rare for for a race as competitive as us, but the market got it spot on with Dyer. For Roger Varian and David Egan coming home and looking quite impressive to beat Celtic Beauty and the 100 to 1 outsider Aroha. Uh, Jim Dyer beat Raffle Prize on a debut uh, and she's battled the form up since here. This looks like a good filler. Yeah, uh, I agree. David Egan's first Royal Ascot winner. Absolute cracking jockey, David Egan, and thoroughly deserved. Uh, I think this was a very good performance. I'm not going to ch- attempt to say a name. I. I how I looked at how to say her name was De Gea, but that's how, if you, if you say it like that, it sounds the same to say De Gea, as right. in David De Gea, right. and that, that's how I get along. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the form of this race. Do you know what, I think it's stronger than the than the uh, Queen Mary. No, I don't. I think the Queen Mary will come out to be a, a lot better racing time. Uh, I think Celtic Beauty had the question marks going in. The price is ultimately sure, sure this, 25s, 100s and 50s, for second, third and fourth, no, I'm, I'm not sure that the main protagonist really came to the front. Naya Beth was disappointing for Wesley Ward. He was the, the talking horse going into the race, everyone thought. And yeah, I'm slightly disappointed, if I'm well, being honest. Ward's, Ward's record over six furlongs is abysmal. Well, well yeah, I think he just run, he, he ran two in this, didn't he? Chili Petting as well. I think he's running them to prove that he's not just a five furlong trainer. And it, it's not working. It's not, it's not doing any wonders. So... I'm not sure about this race. Possibly, the winner is obviously a standout, but I, other than that, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I do buy that Dyer is a proper filler. Yeah, and I, I think she's probably the best two-year-old filly I've seen so far this season. Yeah, I, po- po- quite possibly. Yeah. Moving on to the King Edward Stakes now, and how on earth did Japan go off six to four? How did we let that happen? Huge drift. He was odds on the night before. And so I, I didn't go. I put my money on Pablo Escobar each way. Oh, came back from the gym to watch it, and I saw Japan was six to four, and I didn't have any money on, and I should have done. I didn't have the time, because this this was easy. It was. 
it was. And Japan, once again, I tell you what, that derby form is, is coming out to be fairly solid, I think. I think that that's going to be one of the best races of the season that we're going to see. Um, As you developed, really. Yeah, Circus Maximus won the St. James's Palace in Japan. And it'll be interesting to see how the Irish derby lines up this weekend. But, yeah, Japan wasn't exactly given the easiest to ride and absolutely rallied like no one's business down the outside and won very causally by four and a half lengths beating Bangkok. Bangkok, just solid, I think, Bangkok. I think I think a great group three winner, group two, possibly in time. So, yeah, I think this is a decent enough sort of race. Ponders, my fancy, was raced far too keen, ran a shocker. He ended up going off four to one, second favourite. He was 33s a week before absolutely mental but yeah japan certainly a very very good horse and be interested to see where he goes next yeah, bangkok back to form as well there who again oh i'm fuming they didn't have any money on uh, of course he was a shorter price than pablo escobar no he was a bigger price than pablo escobar and i thought he was a better horse <laughs> oh I, th- that was me listening to to tips that i don't to tips as i don't normally follow and fuming myself at that race but really good performance from Japan and surely he's got to be the favourite for the St. Ledger now yeah yeah most definitely the Commonwealth Cup the next race then and bouncing back to form advertiser really really good two year old not seen to best effect in the guineas but he was here beating forever in dreams and hello Yunze ten sovereigns every chance no excuse do you think yeah, uh, I, I think Ten Sovereigns had the opportunity to win this race, but just wasn't good enough. Uh, I, I advertised great performance. The Martin Mead stable had a bit of a a month off, to be honest. Didn't really fire because well, it just went quiet. I think there, there was an illness in the stables. And then he's t- his horse is sort of taking a run to come back, and he's hit the ground running here with advertised run, outstanding Forever in my dreams, purchased for £400,000 purchase. Obviously, I thought that was a ridiculous price. It won well. She won well at Haydock, but sadly, I didn't think she'd be anywhere here and run an absolute cracker for Adrian Fogarty. And hello, Hume Zane's brought in the Calix form. Uh, Ran, ran well enough. Ran well enough, yeah. And it was interesting. The first four broke a long, long way clear, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, it was a funny sort of race. But it'd be interesting to advertise go for the July Cup next. Is that the plan? I, I think so. And it'd be interesting to see how advertise performs. Well, yeah, because I, I guess that leaves us with Blue Point now being retired. It leaves a six furlong division, you know, Wide up for grabs, up for grabs and... Advertised looks almost best placed to be the one to come out and stamp his name as the leading contender there. Uh, slightly disappointing from the McToon pair as well, Josh and Kaden. I thought both of them had run well. Uh, never really involved. Uh, what did you make of Ten Sovereigns' performance, Jim? Uh, I think step up in distance. I thought sprinting was going to be his thing this season, and I think seven furlongs would be more up his street. I don't think he quite gets a mile, and I don't think he wants six furlongs. I think that Brijon Pratt uh, in France would, would probably be a nice target. It's a fairly quick turnaround, like, but, yeah, be interesting over seven, I think. Yeah, fair enough there, mate. And moving on to the Coronation Stakes, the group one for Phillies over a mile. 
and Hermosa, who at the minute, who I thought going into it, looked like, if not one of the most impressive miling fillers we've ever seen. Done by Francois Louis Graffard and Pierre Charles Boudot with a 20 to 1 outsider. Watch me. Uh, do you know what, mate? If you watch the pool leash back, she's so eye catching. Oh, she is. And um, I can't believe I back Castle Lady. I was sat in the pub. And as soon as Watch Me won, I scrolled through her form. I thought, I'll, I'll watch how she ran last time. And I, I was just sat there going, why had I never noticed Watch Me? Why did I never watch that replay? Because she was so eye catching. She never got a run. Uh, and absolutely flew home in the end. And yeah, has beat Hermosa, who none of us were really expecting. Well, I was looking to oppose Hermosa because I thought then the two Guineas wins were hard races and she'd come here three big races in a row and would have been very difficult to come by. And she's run a heart out. She's beat Jubilosa, who was very one pace towards the end, I thought. So yeah, I, I think that. Um, Watch Me is a very, very good winner. It'd be interesting to see the rematch between Hermosa and Watch Me and see if Hermosa had re- reversed the placings. What would you do with with the winner now? Would you go to the Nassau? Uh, I'd, I'd stick over a mile. Yeah? I'd stick over a mile with races in France for her as well, isn't there? but I think sh- I buy this. I'm a huge Hermosa fan, but... I think I think the first four could th- be very good. I think Watch Me was almost a false price. Yeah. I don't think I don't think a lot of the British betting public, really? you know, had, had knew about her or had watched the Poolish because she shouldn't have been twenty to one. Mm. She shouldn't have been twenty to one. So I buy this. Yeah. And I, th- I think it was a good renewal. Jubilosos ran very very well in the first start outside a novice company. You know, she's still a cracking prospect going forward. She's finished a length behind Hermosa. That. If you'd seen that in the Guineas, that would have been spectacular for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, and as look, Hermosa will win more good races this season. There's no doubt about that. I think I think the first three will all win decent races this year. Yeah, but I I think look, if if we're looking for a potential superstar in the mile division, I won't rule it out of being Watch Me. I think she's a seriously seriously good filler. Yeah, strong um, words. The Sandy Engine. There's not loads to talk about here, really. Is it? Apart from Haley Turner. Not lo- Not loads to talk about. What? A, what? A st- how many storylines could have come out of this race? Th- first female jockey for 32 years to ride a winner, or the Queen have a Royal Ascot winner. Um, Trap race. Do you think? I do. Oh, I think this was. A ve- I think Magnetic Charms a serious, serious animal. She's a lovely filler. I think, but. To carry nine stone seven against eight stone in a handicap is one hell of a performance. I think she's a certain. She's already a listed winner. She's a certain group performer in time. I was gonna say, barring Magnetic Charm, who I really like and you know will win good races this year, I don't think this race is worth much. Do you not? No, I don't. Thanks, be well done to Haley Turner for becoming the first, you know, woman to ride a winner at Royal Ascot in such a long time. But, mate. I'd, Did what? you hear the good story that Charlie Fellows told on Racing TV's Look on Sunday? No, I didn't. About Thanks B. Uh, he met, he's very good friends with William Haggis. He met up with him on the Heath uh, and he just went, uh, Did you, William Haggis asked Charlie Fellows, Did you buy out at the sales? And uh, Fellows went, Yeah, I bought a really nice mucker jam filly. I, th- I think she's very, very good. And William Haggis put his, took his wallet out, wallet out and there was loads of 50s in there and he went, That's your money. Uh, thanks B was William Haggis's horse that he'd sent to the breeze ups and he bought and uh, Fellows thought oh I'll give my money to Haggis and then Charlie Fellows beat Haggis by a neck in, in the race in the Sandringham with that filly so great story there um, and 
top training performance, Charlie Fellows. He's a trainer who's seriously coming through the ranks, moving into Luca Cavani's stable. Uh, yeah, very, very good for, for the trainer. And I think the front two, I think Magnetic Charm certainly has got a nice race. And we saw Twist and Shake in the coronation run. Spectacular. Yeah, but you would say thanks be, but for me, she's won that off 84. I don't think she's higher than, I don't think she's a back proper back I certainly think you could pick up a nice handicap in there, if I'm being honest. I think there's, enough, there's, there's still enough for a nice handicap to, to go forward. I, I, do, I do think that um, in the end, uh, that thanks B could probably go, I'd say she could she'd still be off 90. I think there's another nice handicap in there for her, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough then, mate. In the last race of the Friday was the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes and back-to-back Royal Ascot wins for Baghdad. Ryan Moore and Mark Johnson just holding the Tory on Ben Vracke. This was a good race, Jim, and I think the winner is a group horse in a handicap. Yeah, you were a, you're a massive fan of Baghdad, aren't you? Yeah, um, I really like it. I might it. as well allow you to talk about it because I, I don't really have a strong opinion. Look, I, I think he looked like this, a progressive type last season. Obviously, he won the... Uh, what's, what's the handicap called? The King George V? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, basically the three-year-old equivalent to this race. Uh, didn't run after, did he? You know, m- might have picked up a knock, but was was very promising. Uh, on his on his seasonal return at, at Newcastle, then came and looked up. He won by half a length at, at Newmarket on Guineas weekend. Was probably slightly more comfortable than that, and it, it teed him up perfectly, really, to gain back-to-back Royal Ascot victories. Uh, he won that off 104. He'll be up to a mark, you know, now of 108, 109. He's going to have to go for a listed race next time, and I wouldn't put that beyond him at all. Ben Vracky so, was absolutely flying, though, on the outside. Yeah. His, his tank was seriously empty, and it, he went up £4 for that win, and maybe he didn't quite need it that much. He was already in. So, yeah, good performance by Baghdad, and a great way to end off Friday. Yeah, perfect. Uh, moving on to the Saturday now, and, well... And everyone who listens to this podcast on a regular basis will know that I am an absolute sucker for a big physical unit. You know, it's 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 something that I've tried to get myself away from, but I look at a big horse and I just think, wow, bloody hell. Bloody hell. Quite often I end up overrating him, to be honest. But I haven't done here a pin or two, but he looks like a proper, proper weapon, beating Lopi Fernandez and Highland Chief. Uh... Jim, look, the Chesham is a race that can often vary in terms of quality, but I think this is an absolute, this this is a proper, proper solid race this year, and I think we've seen a very, very good winner. Yeah, the the first two certainly look very, very good. Um, Pinatubu won impressively breaking the track record, so yeah, I, I think that these two could be the main two going forward. The Chesham always, though, has a slight question mark behind it, I think, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm, I, I never really produces a superstar. Uh, but, hey-ho, you, I think you said in the preview that uh, Massa uh, finished third in, the race. third in the race. And really, Churchill's the only other one that's sort of come out since. So, I, I, I think... Pinatubu and Lope Fernandez, if they were to run in two months' time, for example, I think Lope Fernandez will beat Pinatubu. I think he's just further forward in his progression, big bull of an animal. I think Lope Fernandez has the frame to build into it. 
just a horse to give a, a brief mention to, Year of the Tiger. I, I will always love this horse because Tiggy Wiggy was one of the first horses that brought me into racing and that's her first son. So, yeah, outstanding performance and I, I think I won't even give Highland Chief a, a, a squeak. Paul Coles won a debut nicely. Yeah, uh, Glen Eagles and Beatty Breaths, Breaths were certainly the main ones to take out of this meeting, I thought, and he, he's run an absolute cracker. Yeah, Pinatubo for me, though, the most impressive two-year-old we saw at Royal Ascot. You know, I, I, I think him and Arizona are probably a level. I was going to say, I, I think I'd have Arizona ahead of Pinatubo if I was being brutally honest. But yeah, be interesting to see where they go with Pinatubo because they might send him over to the national stakes. It won't surprise me. They're not afraid to bring runners over uh, to Ireland. We we saw with a couple of years ago with that what uh, that good Godolphin two-year-old that's been injured this season. Oh, his name's escaped me. Uh, Quarto. Quarto, there we go. We've seen with Quarto that they're not afraid to bring them over, and over the years they've had some serious battles. So, yeah, be interesting to see where they go next. Right, but where me and Jim will go next will be the Jersey Stakes, the following race. Same nice. trip, seven furlongs, Group 3, full of three-year-olds. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a windy race on paper, and if I'm honest, mate, I don't think the result suggests to me anything different. Space Traveller in space blues the stars certainly align there oh. oh beautiful I've been waiting to say that all the way driving over to do the podcast and it was like I've got a perfect perfect one for the two spaces in the jersey um, yeah space traveller certainly weren't expecting space traveller to be anywhere uh, just a good performance I don't, I, I don't know what to take the jersey with I, I really don't know um, space blues didn't exactly get the run of things. James Doyle got a four-day ban, uh, two days for careless riding and two days for use of the whip. So, uh, if he was good enough, I think Space Blues would have won this. He still remains a nice prospect, though. Sean, he does, he? Cert- most certainly. Angel's Hideaway is a horse that's always forgotten about in the market and has been really, really consistent. I didn't expect her to train on as a three-year-old from last year because I thought she'd done all her running. And she's... Run, run an absolute cracker here, uh, finishing third. I, I, I think she's got a race, she's got a good race in her, and she's going to win a good one one of these days. And I, 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 the three horses I took out of this race were Space Blues, Angels Hideaway, and Urban Icon. Oh, you were never shut up about Urban Icon. And I, I think Urban Icon as well. I think Urban Icon's got a good one in. Uh, in him, I, I think Urban Icon could be nine and running round cellars in Ripon, and he'd still be saying Urban Icon's got a good one in him. Yeah. I, I genuinely do. I think there's some. There's a nice rate. Could easily pick up a race at York. One of them nice, valuable three-year-old handicaps. I think he could pick one of them up fairly easily. I know he's off a rating of 108, and you'd have to be looking at group class races. But I do think there's. He's, he's got something in him. I, there's something about him. I don't know. What do you make of the winner then? Because I don't. He's from earlier this season. I don't mean too bad. He was second in the European free handicap behind Shine So Bright. And then dropped back down to seven and ran. So he dropped back down to six and ran well enough behind Carden. This uh, was his first win, wasn't it? Since his first two wins as, as the start of a two-year-old. So yeah. I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't. I didn't know where I standed, stood with him. Sorry. Uh, he'd run at six and a half, and he'd run at six, and it was quite clear that seven was Maury's bag. He'd been chanced at six as a two-year-old. I don't. I don't know. I'd be. I want to see Space Traveller run a yeah. run again, and then I'd 
probably reassess where it's, I it's, it's an interesting one because he doesn't have a mega progressive profile mm-hmm. but he's clearly found five five pounds worth of improvement here to win this yeah. this is clearly a career best and obviously Danny Tuddle was on fire so maybe that was the extra five pounds that he required fair enough there Jim and we'll move on to one of the feature races of the Saturday the Hardwick Stakes and the Coronation Cup winner Defoe confirmed confirmed his place really as one of the leading mile and a half horses around at the minute you know it sounded pretty strange to say at the start of the season but he's backed his Coronation Cup win up here but should he have done because the Czech Raid and the Garno Gold was ridiculously unlucky Uh, Jim what do you make of the Hardwick I really don't know I I, I was sat on Saturday, watching watching the racing, and I was thinking, how's Pinatubu won? How has Defoe won? And how has uh, Space. Space Traveller won? I was thinking, I was just scratching my head. They weren't even in my equations at all. He was a favourite. He'd won a group one last time out. I know, but... Grumpy Jim may, hates everything. May, maybe because he, he was a five-year-old. He'd been gelded at the start of the season. Uh, he was disappointing behind Marmelo. If he... If he was to win a, a Group 2, he should have been beating Communicate. And then he went and won a Group 1 at Epsom in the Coronation, and that was a surprise. I, I really don't know where I stand with Defoe. I don't know. Uh, Nagano Gold, I didn't have a clue about, I'll, I'll be brutally honest. Really didn't expect him to be anywhere near, but I was cheering him on in the final furlong. Uh, he, he had adversity at the start with Massar stumbling badly and coming across him. Uh, so, yeah, I... I, I I back Mirage Dancer. How? I really don't have a clue. Mirage Dancer, I thought I won it coming around the bend. Absolutely countering. Pat Dobbs, I think possibly if he was to ride that race again, maybe would have rode it differently. But yeah, I I, th- I think this race, I, I, again, I don't know where I stand with this race. Communique beat Defoe early on in the season and Communique has finished 15, 16 lengths behind the winner. Well, yeah, but that, but, but that was... You know, he was benefit of a masterclass from the Sousa that day. I, I I think he'd be a little bit cold on the phone. I, I think look, he's beating Salowen, and I think Salowen's ultra consistent. From, from from a betting perspective, Jim, I'd I'd agreed that I'd have been looking to take the on because I think he was priced based on his winning the Coronation Cup and solely that. However, he's backed that up now, and I don't think you can doubt that he's just better than this lot. You know. A, a, a proper, proper group on field might find him out. But, look, he, he's a good group two horse and he's capable of winning weaker group ones. Uh, what did you make of Massage? Well, I mean, I, I was saying uh, b- before the race, from a racing perspective, you'd have been wanting Massage to win that as a racing fan. You'd have been wanting the Derby winner to be capable of winning the Hardwick. But he was slightly disappointed in fifth. He quite clearly needed the run, didn't he? Uh, I think the obvious target for him, if I'm being honest, I think I could see him going to the Judmont. I, th- I think the Judmont International will be right up his street. Uh, he's a horse I, I, I hold in such high regard, uh, but I just think he will certainly improve for that run. But he's one to just keep your eye on because you should never underestimate him because they've kept him in training and they could have quite easily sent him to stud. So it'll be interesting to see his four year old campaign. Yeah, but you'd have liked to have seen more, even even though you can make it. I'm not sure. I think I saw enough to possibly please me, to be brutally honest, because he stumbled out the stalls, and he's he's run, he's run a sort of race that I was expecting, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, and the Czech played a Nagano goal. Hopefully, they'll gain some compensation. They're meant to be coming back for the King George, so good luck to them as well. Always nice to they see. They could go for anything, couldn't they? could go King George, Arco, Melbourne Cup. The rumours are going to Melbourne. Yeah, well, good, good luck to them for, but you know. They're a syndicate as well, aren't they? Are they? Brilliant. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, yeah, that would have been a cracking story, and they were so unlucky as well. A horse who isn't unlucky, a horse who is an absolute superstar, is the now retired Blue Point, who gained his second win of the week. The first horse to do the King's Stand Golden Jubilee double since Schwazier in 2003. You know, maybe not quite as comfortable as it was on Tuesday, but he could make excuses. Blue Point's just quality. Yeah, he is. Uh, Dream of Dreams is absolutely rattled on and so unfortunate to get not get up here. Uh, but 10 out of 10 for Blue Point. He's just got the job done, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. He probably could have done with Catchy giving him a bit taking him a bit further into the race. And what a run by Catchy that is. I I, I absolutely... We, we both love Catchy. Oh, we do. I think the whole racing community loves Catchy. And I, we just love to see him sprint and go as quick as possible. And oh, for a second, I thought Catchy was just going to carry on. But he didn't. And I'd love to see him go to something like a Breeders' Cup, but he won't. So that's enough of that. But yeah, Blue Point champion could be a champion sire. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of the popular sires in his pedigree as well, which is an, which is uh, a fa- makes him an absolutely fascinating, you know, breeding perspective. He's by Shamadal, uh, doesn't have any of the Galileo line in him or anything. Which so it'll be a really, and really excu- exclusive to Godolphin, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see if other other owners and breeders could be able to breed off Blue Point and try and get Shamadal in the bloodlines. Yeah, he'll be a fascinating uh, sire. Uh, but with that, he's retiring at this stage of the season. So as soon as he retired, I thought, well, they're doing it for Aussie market. But appar- apparently not. Yeah, you couldn't. You could say that because... But if you think about it, who wants to go and run in the Sprint Cup at ADOC on bottomless ground? Well, it's, it's, it's horse racing, Jimmy. It's not horse avoiding. You know, I, I I I understand why they've done it. I understand, you know, going out after a double Royal Ascot win is about as much of a high. But Sheikh Mohammed said it before the race. He said, we're not going to see him run very often now, so that's it. And then he sort of hinted it then. So I, I don't see how wrong with it. I think he's done all he's had to do. That certainly increased his stallion value and good luck to him. Fair enough there, mate. Uh, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen him more. He's a horse I have in the absolute world of and I was so happy he finally got some of the credit he deserved after that 5 out of 5 this season 3 group ones absolute superstar uh, I'll miss him on the track but I'll be look forward to seeing a lot of little blue points running around uh, in the future good to see as well he was a good 2 year old as well you know he was a gym crack winner as a 2 year old and quite you don't often see you know winners of those 6 furlong 2 year old group 2's still performing at the top level as a five-year-old. Yeah. So he's got the longevity there as well. He's going to be a cracking prospect for Godolphin. He was my star of the week. I know a lot of people, you know, felt it was Frankie's week, but for me it was made by Blue Point. You know, it's a bold call for anyone to run in two races at Royal Ascot. It's a gigantic task to win them both, and he pulled it off in good style. Yeah. Uh the big betting race of the Saturday was the Woking and the sprinting six furlongs. And Kate Byron placed here rather than the Hunt Cup and a cracking bit of trading from Roger Varian to bring the horse back from seven to six. You don't see it's it It's the too first often. time he's ever run over six and he was an absolute natural. Yeah. 
holding Tis Marvellous, Danzino and Raucus. Uh, Jim we said, this looks like a black type horse in a handicap. Well, you'd have to go for the July Cup after that performance, wouldn't you? If I'm being honest, I, I think he could be interested in a July Cup uh, over six furlongs. It's a wide open division without blue point. It is, and you'd certainly have to throw him in there. He's won this very, very, very comfortably, I think. Uh, it, it was just like every other handicapper. I'm not sure. Tis marvellous, ultra consistent running this race last year and has done nigh on the same. Uh, Danzino, uh, just Danzino's been slightly frustrating in these big handicaps, do you not think, over the years? Because you, you think he's... After that win last time, he won so comfortably uh, and he's run well to finish third, don't get me wrong, but... Well, I, I don't think you can slate a horse for finishing third in a Wokingham. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Fair dues. At all. I think I think you're being a bit harsh there though. I think we've seen a very good winner though. Do you think of all the handicaps this week, Kate Byron will prove to be the best of the winners? Most definitely. Yeah. Ahead of Baghdad? Yeah. I think he, I, th- I genuinely think he could be competitive in the July, July Cup. Fair enough, mate. You know what? I, I wouldn't put you off that. And it's an interesting shout. He was mightily impressive here. And as well, we know he's as effective at seven furlongs. And he can also run well at a mile. Just a horse who's taken a hell of a lot of steps forward he's so far this season. He's 11-2 to win the July Cup. That is short as anything. I was not expecting 11-2. There, there's two. not much else. 3-1 to one advertised, 4-1 to one Dream of Dreams, 11-2 to two Kate Byron, 8-1 to one Brando, 10-1 to one Invincible Army and 10 Sovereigns. Yeah, it's not, you see, it's not a vintage line up on paper, no. is it? So you wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. At all, well done to Andrea Zini and Roger Varian. And the final race to talk about, Jim, is a race that is normally the benefit of the jumps trainers. But a first winner of the week for Sylvester de Souza. And a poignant uh, one. Yeah, the clean power team, Cleonte, beats uh, the old maniac Palisator, Max Dynamite, third. Uh, Jim, this was a good performance from a horse who had good placed form in cup races last season. Uh, I don't think there's loads to talk about here because I think he's done just what he was entitled to do. Yeah. Beat a fair bit, of, you know, beat some slow boats. My only other point about this race is great to see Black Corton run on the flat and lucky deal, send him novice early and then he'll win the, the Albert Bartlett yeah. because he is as slow as out. Uh, and Paddy's motorbikes run very, very well here. He won on debut after being off for two years at Goodwood and he's tracked the leaders here and, and ran his heart. He's run a lot closer than I thought. Um, so, yeah, I think I think too, th- this could be a nice race. I like Lucky Deal. He won well at Haydock. He looks slow. Every time he runs, he looks slower and slower. And Paddy's motorbike's a nice horse. And 10 out of 10 for Cleonte. And great to see Vichai, Vichai's legacy lasting on in, in the great spot. Could, could you see him picking up uh, black type races, Cleonte? He was third in the Cigaro. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could see him pick up a group three somewhere along the lines. Yeah, something like the Doncaster Cup or something like that. He could be competitive. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a black type level horse, definitely. Yeah, you know, stay, probably got a bit of work to do to catch up to DXB Stradivarius, but there are nice races to be run with him. Do you not everything? Wow! All thirty races of Royal Ascot analysed, discussed, dissected. Uh, can I just ask you for your performer of the week, Human or Equine? Oh, Stradivarius. Stradivarius' win 
absolutely outstanding. The pinnacle of Royal Ascot, the Gold Cup, and Frankie Di Tori brought it home, gave him a peach of a ride on one of the best horses of our generation. Oh, outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Raise the roof. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but Blue Point, the one for me. Uh, he's a horse like, I've, I've had a lot of time for. I've, I think people have tried to knock unfairly over the years. And two wins this week have said to him, no, I am a genuine world-class superstar. Uh, I'm slightly gutted we're not going to get to see him run again. But I understand why they've done it. And look, it, it was such a bold move uh, for the Appleby team to make. And it's paid off. And he's an absolute star. Uh, that's that for the review now time to preview three races first we'll start with the Northumberland plate the Irish Derby and we'll look ahead to next weekend's Eclipse He's going for everything. Robert Winston on with hold, asking him to put the race to bed, and he's got the feel on the stretch here. Racing down towards the final furlong and a half with hold the leader. Over on the far side, Waters meet. Nothing really coming out of the pack, with Prince of Aaron perhaps being the exception. He goes into third place now. A furlong left to go with hold has got four lengths on Prince of Aaron, who's staying on gamely but not surely quick enough. And with hold is surely going to make every yard, and he's going to make every yard to win the Northumberland Plate. Favourite wins it. Well, we'll start with the Northumberland Plate, one of the big betting races of the year, really, isn't it? And it's always something that I think everyone in racing looks forward to the stay as well. Newcastle, such a popular race up there as well. And the better general 4 to 1 favourite, the very, very unexposed Gibbs Hill. He's had two years off, but he could be absolutely anything, couldn't he? Last year's winner, we've held the general 8, 10s for King's Advice, and who dares wins as is Stratton, and then 12 to 1, Bartolomeu Diaz. Uh, Bartolomeu Diaz. That's how you pronounce it, it's Spanish. <laughs> Bartolomeu. Bartolomeu. <laughs> no, Bartolomeu you... Diaz. Oh, that's, I, see, I'm, I'm pronouncing it the proper accent. You're, you're the sort of Bartolomeu. Person, you're the per, sort of person who goes on holiday to Spain and says It's not Cavesa. Spanish, though, is it? Bartolomeu's an English name, old English name. Diaz? Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. Oh, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm sticking with my pronunciation. I'm giving it a bit of continental flair, Jimbo. Just let who's, us know. Comment, comment on this uh, or send us a tweet and say who's saying it correctly because it's Bartholomew Diaz. We'll listen to the commentator on Saturday and he will not go Bartholomew Diaz. Will he? He'll Ooh, say yeah. Bartholomew. It's a TH. The. You stick with your pie and mash. <sighs> Stupid English pronunciations. I'll pronounce everything in the correct language that they're meant to be pronounced in. Uh, Bartholomew Diaz Jesus Christ if he wins this race if he wins this race and the commentator calls him Bartholomew I want a public apology written on Twitter well commentators get things wrong all the time Jim commentators Commentators never get out wrong they're always right it's a dangerous dangerous thing to say Jimbo and you know that you know that Uh, We'll start with a favourite, Gibbs Hill. Mightily impressive last time he was seen out, but that was almost two years ago, mate. Uh, look, he's he's been very, very well back this week. Uh, what do you make of him? I, I really don't know. Um... <laughs> Top class analysis there. I've got to have a dig back at you. Yeah, fair that. dues. I think Gibbs Hill's very, very... It could be very, very good, but... You tell me, do I want to back a horse that's been off for two years in a Northumberland plate at four to one? Yeah, I'll tell you to get lost. I, I won't touch him with a barge pole. Um, 
he cost 100,000. He'd prog obviously progressing with each run. Uh, he's never run over a mile and four. That's that's a question mark. Any, any further than that? Yeah, any further. So yeah, I, I, I can pick holes. I can pick more Holden in than I can find to actually back him. That win that day when he won by seven lengths at Kempton was mightily impressive. He looks like a horse who still might be ahead of his mark, doesn't he? But he's a silly short price. Ridiculous. Absolute ridiculous short price. And I'm looking to take him on with a, a handful of three. Uh, I like the chances of time to study. I thought his run at Ascot was very good behind the Grand Vizier. I know we, we've brushed over it. Master trainer Ian Williams. He's obviously coming back to the ball now after having a lot of time in the darkness with Mark Johnston. Uh, uh, another horse that I like is King's Advice. He's pro progressed with each run. His form quite clearly shows it. He's gone... Well, six out of six from Mark Johnston. He's gone from ridiculous. being rated 71 to 101 uh, since moving to Mark Johnston's from Germany. Out of Frankel. I never thought I'd see a Frankel winning. By Frankel. By, by Frankel, sorry, not unless he's turned into a mare. Uh, so yeah, outstanding, outstanding chance. I think King's advice and a horse that we both like. Who's a course and distance winner? Dubai with fifty. Yeah, we do. Karen McClintock's a horse for the Roonies. Uh, placed at Royal Ascot last season when last seen second in the uh, Ascot Stakes to Lagos to Vegas. Uh, before that as well was placed in the Chester Cup. Just got some really solid long distance handicap form, and he's an often unfair mark. Yeah, I think. I I, I don't think a hundred is. It, it's a career high mark, but I I think there could still be a little bit more progression. Uh, he's had fourteen runs and he's only a six-year-old, so he's fairly lightly raced, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah. And I think Dubai Fifty could be interesting. Yeah, course and distance winner as well. He'd be my selection, Jim. If I'm honest, uh, I like with Hold as well. Last year's winner. He's also won a Cesarovich. But they took him to Australia last year. Didn't didn't actually get into the Melbourne Cup, but that was their intentions. And if I assume that'll be the plan again this year, and he doesn't look unfairly weighted off 106. Yeah, you know he was a horse going the right way last season, and we know he's been there and done it more than once in these good staying handicaps. Yeah, it's a really really interesting sort of race. There's there's a few that you could really. Who dares wins is an ultra-consistent type who will always win his race. He's come back from the Chester Cup. Austrian school, he's ultra-consistent. Making Miracles won the Chester Cup. The Desert Skyline... He was going to be the one I was going to mention at a big price. You can get back him as big as 40s. Joshua Bryan takes £3 off. This is his first run in a handicap for almost well for over two years. He's been running in group and listed races all that time. And he has not been doing badly. He was second to Stradivarius in the Yorkshire Cup last season. His form, right, he's probably on a bit of a downward trajectory. But I can see him going well in this. But he's, he's off a very, very fair mark. Yeah, I, I agree with opinion. you. Uh, he got beat at York in the winning your in race. And he, I thought he ran a crack. For the e-ball, that gold mount one. Yeah. Uh, ran an absolute cracker, and I think he's interesting. Uh, Josh Bryan taking the three off. I think he could probably out outrun his odds. He's been given a car park stall, a stall twenty, but if he can get settled, he could come late in the late rally on the outside and be somewhere close. Yeah, that bit. The Barbie fifty, the one for me, but 
my outsider with a squeak would be Desert Skyline, Jim. I think I'd be King's advice on Desert Skyline as well. Nice one but, there, Jim. But there's a, there's a handful, that, as I've said, Dabawi 50's got an outstanding chance as well. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm massively against the favourite, if I'm being honest, at the prices. Yeah, I, I can I can see why. I can see why you would be. Uh, the Irish Derby is, is on Saturday evening and the betting is headed by the Derby winner, Anthony Van Dyke. A shade of odds of odds against Jim General, 5-4, uh, 6-5. Interesting that he's priced at odds against, to be fair. To beat Mad Moon, 5-2, to 11-4, Broom. Rakan is a general, 18-1, to one, and there's no point talking about Norway or Sovereign, who have no chance. Uh, Jim Frios race. Yeah, it is. It simply is. Um, Anthony Van Dyke benefited from the the way he was rode at, at Epsom, I think. And um, I could quite easily see Mad Moon and Broom reversing the places. Mad Moon, I think, I think one mile four possibly stretches him slightly, but he could get away with it at the Curra. One mile two will certainly be his bag. And Broom's all stamina. So it'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out. I could see Broom slightly going forward, you know, and he could dictate it and get his long gangly stride going and uh, and plod on, but I, I really don't know. At this moment in time, I'm leaning towards Broom. I think Broom will... I think my one, two, three would be Broom, Mad Moon, Anthony Van Dyke. Uh, the opposite where the bookies are looking at it. Well, I, I'm, I'm a huge Mad Moon fan, and I was of the opinion straight after the derby, I tweeted that Mad Moon will prove to be the best horse who ran in it. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm still of the opinion I think he'd be better over 10 than 12. Same. I just think Broom has that more stamina. But what I am saying is Anthony Van Dyke at a shade of odds against. Are we in danger of underestimating him again? Are we? Are we going to look for reasons why we can beat Anthony Van Dyke when really they shouldn't? We shouldn't be. Very good point. You know, what I mean, it's, in the end, he's won the derby comfortably enough. And although I admit I agree with you that he benefited from the best ride in the race when Shamey Effenden switched him to the inside. Uh, I, I I I don't know though, mate. I, I I think it was a good I think it was a good derby, and I think we've got a bunch of very very evenly matched. Are you slightly disappointed that only three have come out, and there's only really a, it's a three horse race? Well, no, because we've seen Japan and Circus Maximus win at Royal Ascot. Yeah. So I think we already know the level of form they've shown there, and I think that's why they are so clear ahead of Rakan in the betting. Really, uh, I just get the feeling that. Mad Moon's been slightly unlucky on all three starts this season. Yeah. I, I, I think he's a proper, proper group one horse, and I think this is a winnable race for him. Yeah. Broom, I understand why you like him, but again, I think he's more of a Ledger type. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm don't. i not ruling him out. I can see him going on a win. He'll win this and then win the St. Ledger instead. <laughs> but, you know, will he be vulnerable to two quicker horses in Mad Moon and Anthony Van Dyke? And look, the favourites won the derby. And he was a bloody good two-year-old. And he won the Linfield Derby trial with so much authority. And I was I was hugely against him in the derby. Yeah. Just in terms of, you know, he's a half-brother to a five-furlong win in Australia. Didn't think he'd stay. But there, there, is, there is nothing to suggest uh, that we shouldn't take the derby win literally, yeah. in my opinion. I am going to take him on with Mad Moon, but that's not... 
that's not me knocking Anthony Van Dyke. That's me rather being a bit of a blind man mood fan. I've even forgot how to say his name there. But do you understand where I'm yeah, coming from? I do. From? I agree. I agree. And it's, it's, it is a sort of race where you kind of are looking to take on Anthony Van Dyke. But if if we are, are we not giving the Derby winner the credit he deserves? Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to watch how it plays out and hopefully Broom can get on top. Yeah, well, neither myself or Jimbo are here next week, unfortunately. So we are going to have to have a bit of an anti-post look at next Saturday's feature race, the Eclipse. I mean, it's it's the first big meeting of the generations of the season. Enable heads are betting at 15 to 8, the superstar mare. Crystal Ocean generally falls. Sixes and sevens, magical, similar price to see if Classio, she's as big as nines in places. Circus Maximus is also around eight to one. Regal Reality tens, two down hot, twelves. Uh, Jim, what's your betting angle for the Eclipse? I think I'm going to look to beat, get an able beat. Why? I don't know, but there's some match fit rivals coming into this race, and... I think I've, I saw enough in Massar that would interest me a bit. I think 16 to 1, 20 to 1 around. Mate, he's got to take a 10, a huge step forward. I know. I think was it, it a crap derby last year? No, I don't think he was. I think Roaring Lion come out and won. DXB's a boat and Roaring Lion didn't stay. Right, well, Roaring Lion won the Judmont International, one of the best races of the season. Did, and, and you saying that's say, not good enough? Did it say 12 furlongs off? It doesn't make a difference. He's, he beat, he's beat a horse if, who was a non-stayer. And a horse who stays too far. You know what I mean? There, there has not been a single horse come out of last year's derby and prove good at 12 And Massar did an awful lot wrong last time. Uh, 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 in the derby, sorry. He went wide. He didn't break exactly flying. If you go and watch that derby back, it was magnificent how he got to win that race. Because at no stage of that race did I think he had a chance. Uh, I think 16 to 1, 20 to 1. He's a decent each way value. Uh, at this moment in time, anti-post, and I think Sea of Class. I, I, I think Sea of Class didn't really do a lot wrong. Uh, I, I got. I think she didn't like the ground. She needed the run. She ran how I expected her to run. I thought she, if she finishes third or fourth or fifth midfield, that'd be a decent performance, and she'll certainly come on for that. And she's if she comes anywhere close to that run like she did in the arc at the price. See a class of Massa would be my two. I don't understand you with this, Jim. You're picking two horses who've got question marks above them. Big question marks. Yeah, but at the price, at the price, obviously we know Enable is world class, but I'm not willing to back Enable at 15 to 8. First time out. Yeah. But then. That's even if she turns would up. Would you not rather be with Crystal Ocean? At a shorter price, who's proved he's as good at 10 furlongs as he is at 12. Again, then, I then think he's as far too short a price, stepping into, like, this is... He's two points shorter than Sea of Class, and he's chanced to last time. The 10 to 1 around about Sea of Class. If you could get 10 to 1 Sea of Class, get on each way. Cracking value. I, I'm, I've got question marks about the front three at the prices, I think. I am I am very boring, but I, I think the market has it right. I think the winner will be Crystal Ocean or Enable. Yeah? I do. Uh, Circus Maximus would be very interesting. Like we've said, he'd be as good at this trip, if not even better than he is at a mile. Yeah. Uh, and look, we were both keen on him for the derby, weren't we? We thought he's a serious, serious horse. Uh, 
Dark Vision, 66 to 1 rank outsider. <laughs> Shape Wall's looking for his money. <laughs> but the long and short of it is, Jim, Enable is the best horse in Britain. Correct. Very much correct. So, 2 to 1's available for her. 2 to 1. She'll be 11 to 10 on the day. Yeah. If, if you're taking, is that two to one then for her turning up? Yeah. Because if she runs to her peak, she wins. Because there's still not a hundred percent confirmation that she'll run. No. So I'm not sure. Uh, but there's not a hundred percent confirmation for Ocean, any of these. Crystal Ocean had a very very hard race last time. Uh, had to do all the donkey work to be honest, and uh, got his head in front finally in a Group One. Magical had a hard race chasing Crystal Ocean. See if class was given. A more of a relaxed ride towards the end of the race. Circus Maximus had a hard race. Massa wasn't given a hard time later on. The two that I like haven't been given hard races, I don't think. They've not been given hard races because they've not come close to winning. But Exactly. But they will certainly improve on that run. The trainers quite clearly said before the race that this isn't their main target. And the Coral Eclipse is one of the highlights of the season. And I think that they will have them primed and ready for this, this race. You're looking at me as if I'm bonkers, but I think Massar and Sia Class are, are two horses that are very, very good, and you, you shouldn't underestimate Would them. Would you lay prices. an able? No, I wouldn't. Right, fair enough. Would you lay Crystal Ocean? Hmm. I think I'd lay Magical. I wouldn't lay oh, Crystal yeah. Ocean. I, I, I don't think Magical will win this. I, 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 I felt the Prince of Wales was, worse. you know, if she was going to beat Crystal Ocean, it would have been on that day, because I felt conditions were slightly more in her favour. Yeah, because don't get me wrong, I think Enable should be winning this and will probably win it, but I'm not willing to see Enable win at 2-1 to one on stable debut, 15-8. Seasonal debut. Seasonal debut, yeah. sorry. Fair enough there, Jim. I, I I understand where you're coming from, but also I don't buy into it. Yeah. Uh, that'd be me. It'd be Enable for me if she runs and Crystal Ocean, I think, if she doesn't. I just think that what they've shown this season is head and shoulders above what everything else in the field has. If I were to put up one at a bigger price, I think it's probably worth giving Gayaf another chance at 16-1. to 1. A bit of a flop last time, but he looked like a, a horse going serious places prior to that both runs in France, and I think 16 is a fair enough price. Fair enough. You know, similar odds to Massar, who I think was pretty flat last time out, and we're not quite sure. You know whether he's progressed from three to four, uh, but a bit enabled on Crystal Ocean for me. Boring, but I think I mean the market has it spot on. Yeah, and see of class and Massa for yourself. Yeah, most yeah I will. I th- I think at the price you see of class and Massa easy. Right, that's it for this week's uh, edition of Turf Talk. There's been a hell of a lot for us to dissect. And look forward to it. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please don't forget to like, share, retweet, rate us five stars, tell your nan about us, tell the postman about us, tell everyone about us. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you all again very soon. See you later.